Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today I have with me Glenna Marshall, And we are talking about the God who is with us. I am so excited to hear more from her. Um, She has a book out. It's called The Promise is His Presence. I'm in the middle of reading it right now. It's fantastic. Um, But the verse that we're dwelling on right now is um, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It's from Psalm 91.1. It's just about being in the presence of God. So we're going to talk about the presence of God today. Welcome, Glenna. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't listen to our last episode, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's kind of, if you're feeling like, who is this person? Go back and listen to the episode. You'll find out. (laughs) But for now, we are going to just dive right in and we're going to start talking about this verse. Um, But as I'm reading through your book, um, one of the things that there were several things that I underlined and highlighted and I was like, oh, that's so good. But one of the things that you said that I just was like, yes, I do that all the time. You said, I kept looking for me in my Bible, but instead you found God, a God who is with you. And it was just so powerful to me because I think so oftentimes that's what we do. We go to the Bible and we're like, okay, you know, I want to find something for me. And God was like, oh, no, no, no. It's actually about me. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we we use our Bibles like a magic eight ball, you know, like we go with a question and kind of shake it up and let me land somewhere. And I I just want to walk away with some kind of promise or word that's going to speak specifically to the situation that I'm in. And, you know, I have a a long history um, with infertility, and that was probably the thing that sent me to the scriptures first. Um, my husband and I found out pretty early on in our marriage, actually right the week before we moved to another state to start our church ministry, we found out that it was unlikely we would ever have children. And, um, I really struggled with what I believed about God on the heels of kind of this crushing blow, um, I wanted to be a mom. I had not had any great aspirations for a career. I just really, I wanted to be a wife and a mom that mattered to me. My mom was, has always been just a faithful wife and mother, and that's what I wanted to be. And mm. so I'm trying to reimagine a future with no children in it. And I wondered, though I was raised in a Christian home and had believed the gospel at an early age, I thought, well, if the Lord isn't giving me what I want, then he must not love me the way that he loves everyone else. Cause I see everyone else getting the thing that I want. And so if he doesn't love me the same way that he loves them, he just must not be good. And mm-hmm. I was making these, you know, assumptions about God's character based on my circumstances. And I just wasn't sure what to believe anymore. And so I would go to my Bible. Because, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait yeah. a second. Let me just, I just want to skirt back okay. up one second. Yeah. You were a pastor's wife then. I right? yeah, that's where I was going. Yes. I was a pastor's wife who did not read her Bible faithfully. Yeah. Girl. 
I know. I know. Shame, shame. I know your name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and no. here's the I, thing. I, I, the reason I point that out, though, is because I am also a pastor's wife. And sometimes people are like, oh, but you're a pastor's wife. Like, for sure, you know all the things about everything in the Bible yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, no, I have some real sin and real struggles and real. Oh, like, I am a real for real person. Oh, yeah. I mean, the day we moved, you know, my husband had been in ministry, but he wasn't a full time pastor. And I was not a pastor's wife when I married him. I became a pastor's wife two years later. Same. After, Same. you know, yeah. And so, and I moved on the heels of this diagnosis of infertility and I was crushed. Mm. And I yeah. was. And it, I eventually became bitter and, oh, I was not fit to be a pastor's wife at that time. I was 24 years old. I was um, just so wrapped up in my own hurt. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, and eventually um, I would start going to my Bible. I knew I was supposed to be re I had had habits of Bible reading for years prior, but I just felt, I don't know, I felt distant from the Lord and, you know, he wasn't giving me what I wanted. I didn't have a lot of affection for him. I hate to say that, but it's true. And, um, I, you know, people would say things like, oh, well, you remember Hannah in the Bible, or you remember Elizabeth or, um, Jacob's wife, you know, and I would look at those stories like, okay, maybe the Lord will do that for me. Can I take this story as a promise? And at that point I would go to my Bible and be like, okay, God did this for them. So that must mean he's going to do this for me. I mean, he gave Sarah a baby and she was an old lady and maybe I can just claim that promise. But eventually I would look at the texts and realize, uh, this isn't about me. <laughs> this is not about, mm -hmm. I, it is for me. I think there is, uh, of course, the Bible is written for us, for us to know who God is, for us to rightly see it ourselves as we are, for us to see that the problem of our sin has been met through Jesus. But the Bible is not a book that I can just flip open and grab a hold of a verse and say, this is what I want it to be. That is mm -hmm. not how we treat God's word. And that is how I was treating it. And um, as I began to try to figure out, okay, well, if God is not answering my prayers for a very good thing, it wasn't a wrong desire to have children, but mm -hmm. if he is not answering this prayer, then I don't know if I know him. So I'm just going to have to figure out who he is exactly. All these things I thought <laughs> I knew, I'm not sure if I know him the way that I thought I did. So I just stopped going to the Bible asking, what is in it for me? Can you fix this problem? I just started going to the Bible and with one question who are you? And I bought a spiral notebook, actually I bought a stack of them. And I just started reading weirdly in the book of Isaiah. And then oh. I went to the book of Exodus. Then I went to the book of John. Then I went to the Psalms for a while. And I just wrote down every single thing that the scripture said. If it said he was holy, I would write down he is holy. If it said he was you know, faithful and had steadfast love, I would write that down. And I just filled all these notebooks and it absolutely, this is going to sound cliche, it, but it changed my life because yeah. I thought God, you know, I was a believer. I understood the gospel, but I had a really small view of God and a really big view of myself. And I thought mm -hmm. he owed me things and that, you know, he owes me nothing. And he graciously gave me his son and eternity with him forever. Yeah. And so I began to see as I'm answering this question, who is God, who is God, who is God, that this is his big story. And he is a God that loves his people by being with them. And if he didn't ever answer my prayers the way I wanted to, he has already given me everything I need because he has mm -hmm. given us 
himself. And I mean, the answer to that, you know, you know, who are you, God? It just, it changed everything about the way I viewed scripture, the way that I approach, you know, verses, the way that I look at the verse, you know, from Psalm 91 is that the gift here is that God has invited us to, to know him intimately up close to be in his presence. I mean, he is a holy God and we are sinful man. We should not be able to be in his presence, but he has made a way for us to be. And that is just everything. That is everything. Mm. Yeah. Ah, I love it. I, I love the fact that you, <laughs> that you just went out and you're like, I'm buying all the notebooks. I'm going to fill them all up. <laughs> do you know, it's funny because there are times that I feel very dry in my faith. And do you know what I do? I just, I just write scripture. I just go through and I rewrite the words that are already in the book. And then I'll just look at them and then I'll underline them and I'll circle things and I'll draw arrows. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it comes alive to me. Where before it was words on a page, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, these aren't just words. These mm. are these are about the God of the universe. This is him talking to me. This is him revealing himself mm. to me. This is how I know him. So I just love that he used that to just speak to your heart and and to change you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me, I think it's Deuteronomy 32, where it says, you know, for your word is no empty word, but our very life. And, you know, we cannot treat the Bible like any other book because it is the actual powerful words of God. That is how he chose to reveal himself to us. And so that practice that you were doing of just meditating on the scripture when your heart feels really cold, I mean, that is... That's the path to warming up your heart again. That is a path to, you know, pouring water on a dry heart is, is scripture because it isn't just an empty word. It is our very life. These are the words of the Lord. And, you know, that's, it reminds me of, I think it's in Psalm one where it talks about, you know, like happy is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. So his, his joy and his happiness comes from just feasting his heart on the word. So, you know, we go back to it over and over again and not because like, you know, the Lord needs to be reminded that he is good and that he is faithful. We we speak the scriptures back to him over and over because we forget so quickly, you know, we need the reminder. So just that practice that you were doing of just writing the text and looking at it from all these different angles, it's just getting it down into just the cracks and crevices of your brain and into your heart. It just, um, it, and, and it changes us, you know, it just yeah. does It's the word of the yeah. Lord. So, so here's a good practical question then. What is, what does it look like now when you interact with God's word? Is it, are you still filling up spiral notebooks? Are there other things that you do? Like what's, what does your practice look like? And does it vary sometimes? Is it different? How do you spend time in God's presence? Yeah. I love this question because I do think the way that we enjoy, uh, dwelling in the shelter of the most high, the way that we enjoy his presence is by engaging with his word and in prayer. Um, Mm. two of, two of the primary ways I would say through the people of God being the third way. Um, but I still every fall when the school supplies go on sale, I go and buy about 20 spiral notebooks because they're like a dime. 20? <laughs> I just Are stack them up. Kidding? Well, I get the really thin like 20 ones. 20 a year? Well, maybe not quite that many, but, um, you know, they're good to just give to the kids to draw in during church and stuff too. But, um, you know, they're, they're really yeah. thin, like college ruled, you know, like 50 sheets, you know, just the I simple would... little cheap ones. Because I do 
write down everything. That's the way that I learn. I do better Mm -hmm. if I write things down. So I Mm -hmm. still sit with my Bible open every morning. I go through a book at a time. Right now I'm going through so actually just some select Psalms. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a little study group that I lead every week and we've just finished up the book of Matthew. We spent over a year in the book of Matthew. And so I sit and I have a passage per week, whether it's a chapter or a half chapter. And I read the text over and over and over again. And each day I tackle a different question. And so that, that studying that I was doing those all those years ago, you know, asking the question, who are you God that morphed into a couple of more questions. So I answer the question, you know, who are you, God? Like, what do I learn about God? And then I answer the question, what do I learn about man or humanity from this passage? Then I answer the question, um, how does this point me to Christ if it's an Old Testament passage or uh, what does this teach me about Christ if it's a New Testament passage? Because really the Old Testament is just a big, huge arrow pointing to the coming of Jesus. And so we can answer that question no matter where we are in the Bible. And then I have a fourth question. What? How do I apply this to my life? What do I take away um, mm. from the scripture as some practical application? So um, I also have a couple of like summarizing steps in there. And I actually have all of these steps listed in chapter two of my new book, Everyday Faithfulness, as a really oh. easy, yeah, really easy six steps to simple Bible study that you can do on your own with a spiral notebook and nothing else. And so you don't have to have a bunch of really stock up on your school supply sale. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And so I have taught this method of study. We, you know, we read repetitively, we summarize the text and then we answer those four questions and then we summarize the text again. That summarizing gives us like Mm. a way to articulate what we've studied. Um, Mm -hmm. and it helps it comes up in conversation a lot more if you make yourself do that. So it's great for speaking the scriptures to another believer for encouragement or to get you to a gospel conversation with an unbeliever. So um, I still just sit every morning and I use my notebooks and my Bible and I just answer the questions and think through the text. And I do work on some scripture memory, which I know is really important to you. And (laughs) I love that. I mean, scripture memory is probably the discipline I've been the laziest at of the spiritual disciplines. Maybe, I don't know. There's several I'm pretty lazy at, but, (laughs) memory I just I struggle with and I have been working hard at it for the last year and it is so transformative so transformative so um yeah so coupling those things with prayer it's just real simple but those things are just life-changing because it is the word of God that's one of the things that when we started dwell um my sister Vera kept saying she was like even if it's just one word one word, if it's from the Bible, if it is, you know, if you know that word, you know, it is going to transform you. Mm. And if we can give somebody one verse, she was like, I know we have, we've gotten criticism from people that are like, oh, well, it's just one verse, blah, blah, you know? And it's like, oh, people, there is such <laughs> richness. Like the, when we first started doing this and she was like, do you think you could write an Instagram post every day? And I'm like, on the same verse? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, oh man, I could go for a year. I yeah. could go for a for real year on a verse because there is so much depth and, and the Bible speaks about itself. Mm, in so it many does. Ways and yeah. ugh, there's so much, but we are out of time. So we're going to meet back again in our final episode with Glenna. Um, for those of you that are interested in checking out her new book and writing down those steps and, you know, learning how to practice that everyday presence of the Lord, like some practical ways of doing it that's in that book. So uh, we will have links on our episode for you guys to look for that. Um, And thank you so much, Glenna, for joining us. Yes, absolutely. 
Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.